Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello. This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and then we break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. On this episode, we're talking about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. This is, of course, the latest entry in the long-running Star Wars series, which began back in 1977. The IMDb plot summary reads... The surviving resistance faces the First Order once more in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. This movie has a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is uh, one of the lowest ever for a Star Wars movie. And it opened this weekend uh, with about $175 million, which is the lowest of this current trilogy. That's still a very big number, obviously. Yeah. We're not in solo territory, where there, it's like an outright bomb, but there's definitely a sense of uh, diminishing returns going yeah. on with this brand, and it uh, it got the lowest cinema score of any Star Wars movie. It got a B plus, which is even lower than the Last Jedi. Last Jedi got an A for some reason. <laughs> but uh, let's let's back it up and let's just kind of briefly talk about our feelings towards this saga leading up to this point. This is a saga that goes back uh, 40 years. It predates both of us. Yeah. You didn't grow up watching this series. I didn't. You're, you actually introduced me to Star Wars, what, four years ago? You caught up with it right before The Force Awakens opened. Yeah. I got you to watch the previous six movies. I grew up watching the original trilogy on video. I was always a fan, although it never really inspired the intense, passionate devotion that it has for so many others. Yeah. I never really got that. I mean, you and I, we don't have any Star Wars merchandise in our house. We do not. We well, have the movies. I got a Funko Pop at, uh, of Ray <laughs> at my desk and in the office. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's that. And yeah, we have the movies, uh, you know, up on the shelf. But yeah, I'm, I've never like dressed up or, you know, waited in line for a week for any of the openings. It's been more of a casual relationship that yeah. I've had with this series. I'm, I'm the type of guy, like, between Star Wars and Alien, I'm going to go with Alien. I'm just, um, I'm more that guy. Like, Star Wars or Predator, I'm going to go with Predator. I, I just, I, Star Wars has always, it kind of, at its worst, it struck me as, like, kid stuff. Yeah. I mean, especially with Cartoony. the... Cartoony. Especially with the prequels with Jar Jar yeah. and, you know, Little Jingle All the Way, Jake Lloyd. I mean, it's, he made a straight-up family movie. And uh, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> I, uh, I was in college when the prequels came out, and I thought they were mostly garbage, with the exception of the last one, Revenge of the Sith. I think that's a totally solid Star Wars movie. Uh, but then you had a 10-year gap, and Lucasfilm was bought out by Disney, and the series returned in a big way with The Force Awakens. Yeah. And um, you recently revisited... Uh, the Force Awakens and also the the Last Jedi. I did. The Force Awakens was probably my favorite, just because it introduced Ray. I really like Ray's character, and I just thought it added something new to a series that's kind of been stale. Sure. When it came to her, and then when the Last Jedi came out, I think it tarnished her character by not going into her past by just saying that her past is worthless. <laughs> That's one, um, of the, one of the threads The Force Awakens left hanging is kind of who is Rey? What's her yeah. backstory? Who are her parents? How does she get these powers? And The Last Jedi's answer to that is she's no one. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Don't move worry on. about it. You know, that's... <laughs> that's subverting your expectations. Her parents, you know, sold her off for some booze. Um, I think Solo and The Last Jedi 
really were the cause of this not being a big opening, as big of an opening, because this was a pretty good movie, in my opinion. I enjoyed it. Okay. But I do think Solo was a complete bust. Did you like Solo? I did like Solo. It's not bad. Actually, it's it's not, not a bad, bad movie. Not um, bad. But it didn't do well, and it got a lot of... Well, it followed up The Last Jedi in theaters, um, so you could blame it underperforming on The Last Jedi. Do you like The Last Jedi in general? I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. <laughs> there was a lot of things that I, you know... It's just a movie? <laughs> that is just a movie. Right. You know, but I, you know, I didn't like what they did to Luke's character. That was a big thing. And I... And... and they really didn't showcase Ray at all. Well, really. she spends the whole movie tra- like training going back and forth with Luke, yeah, trying to get him off the island, yeah, and he won't do it. He's he's determined he's, to die. He's afraid, <laughs> and you know all that. I'm like, I just don't see <laughs> Luke as being a, a scaredy cat. I think at the very least, you can argue that the Last Jedi is contradictory to a lot of things that the Force Awakens set up. You know, The Force Awakens, it introduces an emperor-like character named Snoke, who seems to be the ultimate villain. Yeah. And The Last Jedi's response is, he's nobody. Don't worry about him. He's dead now. Yeah. Moving on. (laughs) And yeah, we talked about Rey and how The Last Jedi subverts that. And The Force Awakens, it ends on a cliffhanger. All of The Force Awakens is pretty much a giant lead up to the reveal of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. The whole movie, they're looking for Luke Skywalker. And it sets up a, a cliffhanger where Luke, he's being handed his lightsaber by Rey, supposedly to kind of avenge the death of his old buddy Han. That's that's kind of what the movie has been setting up. Yeah. And The Last Jedi's payoff to that is for Luke to toss the lightsaber away into the ocean yeah. and die a reclusive hermit. So, look, I'd be way more forgiving to The Last Jedi if... Ryan Johnson had stepped up to the challenge of making a big budget action sci-fi spectacle and really brought some muscle to the filmmaking. Like if he delivered an intergalactic Mad Max with great pacing and amazing set pieces, I'd be way more forgiving of him turning Luke into a shambling hobo. But instead, he turns in the longest Star Wars movie ever, and it feels like it. It, it plays like a two-and-a-half-hour monologue on why Jedis are failures. Yeah. That, that's the movie he made. Ryan Johnson has said repeatedly that he didn't want to turn Luke into a powered-up video game character, someone who can destroy TIE fighters with the wave of his hand. But he has no problem turning Princess Leia into a superhero Mary Poppins who can come back from the dead and fly throughout her space. So what's the level of consistency we're talking about here? That's true. You would think there's some kind of middle ground between powered-up video game character and bitter homeless man. But these are his subversion tactics. He must have, like, really was... After Carrie Fisher dies in person, like, in real life, he must have been, like, he died, really worried. She, she died in 2016 after she had filmed yeah. The Last Jedi, but before it was released. And, yeah, he, she had completed her performance. Because they killed off Luke <laughs> and left Leia. But in all actuality, I mean, Leia dies in real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they, they... But she's back in this new movie. She's back in this new she movie. She has a bigger role in The Rise of Skywalker than Luke Skywalker himself. I mean, seriously. <laughs> and she's been dead for three years. 
Like, wow. That's 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 what's happening. I guess they've they that's used unedited fo- uh, like they used old footage. They actually did a very good job. Yeah, I would say she has a surprisingly large role in this. Yeah, she's all throughout the first half. She has a a considerable role. You know, honestly, the big question is why wasn't there like a consistent creative team over all three films? At least a consistent team of writers. Why was the middle installment, which would feature the big screen return of Luke Skywalker, handed over to an indie filmmaker whose biggest hit was Looper, which cost $30 million? I mean, at the very least, why wasn't this filmmaker given a script or a detailed treatment from which to make his movie? Yeah. Why was he allowed to come in and change the entire course of the trilogy? I mean... How did it How happen? Did he have so much creative input into this multi-billion-dollar franchise, and it's it's not like Kathleen Kennedy doesn't know how to say no. She's fired half of her directors. <laughs> has she really? Well, on Solo, yeah, Ron Howard had to step in after Lord and Miller. It, it was too comedic, apparently. So Ron Howard had to finish Solo. On Rogue One, you had Gareth Edwards. He was replaced at, at some point, and heavy reshoots. Uh, occurred with Tony Gilroy at the helm. Wow. And even this movie that we're talking about now, it was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow and J.J. Abrams came in uh, when Kathleen Kennedy didn't like the script. She she has no problem firing people. (laughs) But Ryan Johnson just had that magic sauce where he just, he got to do exactly what he wanted unchecked. Yeah. Which Um, is unheard of. Like, because he didn't have anything. I mean, he had Looper. That was his biggest hit. $30 million is what it cost. That was his biggest hit. I don't even think like Ron Howard or J.J. Abrams would have that kind of flexibility. J.J. Abrams had a team of writers come in and crack the story for Force Awakens. It took a long time to crack that story. He also had Lawrence Kasdan as one of the writers who wrote The Empire Strikes Back. So you have a writer who's connected to the original trilogy. Yeah. And I mean, that's JJ, you know, doubling down, making sure that this is true to the spirit of the original. I mean, even if you love The Last Jedi, these are legitimate questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah. So Last Jedi, to me, it was kind of the unofficial end of the Skywalker saga. It completely demystified the mythology to the point where it's like, what is left to care about? You've got Luke. A milk-chugging homeless man who can't wait to take a dirt nap, who's now gone. The biggest threat of the series, Snoke, is now gone. So there isn't even an imminent threat facing our characters anymore. Kylo Ren would be the only one that's imminent. But he's he's being turned into like a love interest. <laughs> even by the end of Last Jedi, he's not much of a threat. And you know, Han is gone. I mean, Han died. George Lucas is gone. So it's for me, it's kind of like bye-bye Star Wars. Yeah. I wish the finale wasn't so abrupt and so unsatisfying, but, you know, that's my problem to deal with. And whatever remaining emotional investment I had evaporated into thin air along with Jake Skywalker. <laughs> These movies in their current form, they don't really mean anything to me. And the one element I did care about, Luke Skywalker, was just taken off the board. Yeah. For reasons. But they did announce a trilogy of films. So that means we need to shit out one more and call it a finale, even though there's no imminent threat to any of our characters and the saga central hero uh, just faded into the sky. And so this movie. (laughs) So now we're on to the movie that you guys, you know, checked in to listen to. Now we're all caught up. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the rise of Skywalker. So this movie, it's, it's kind of in a desperate 
surge to manufacture a conflict because Snoke is gone. So we have Emperor Palpatine back yeah. from the dead. His corpse was cloned or something ridiculous. Well, I think they use the dark, the the dark force. I, I heard to, the word he cloning him up into, into machines or something. Cloning, yeah, that could be it too. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on, but he's back. And since Snoke is no longer the big bad, we're going with the Emperor. Um, you know, I mean, we have Ryan Johnson to thank for that. And uh, was the Emperor mentioned in any of the previous two films? No, not once. Mm-mm. He died in, Ret- in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But yeah, by the end of Return of the Jedi, uh, the Emperor is gone. No longer a threat. Yeah. But um, here, having him be the main villain, it feels like a kind of desperate admission of creative defeat. (laughs) In my book. Uh, Like a complete bottoming out of ideas. And I don't really even blame JJ. Because he had already established a new villain. Which was taken off the board. Just to subvert our expectations and provide a moment of shock value. So I don't even see this as a problem inherent to this film. This is a problem that it, it was... The Last Jedi. It inherited created, from The yeah. Last Jedi. Snoke clearly was meant to be the big bad here. And you can make the claim, oh, well, Snoke, he's just a ripoff, like a pale imitation of the Emperor. Fair. At least he's a new character. At least he's not the Emperor. Yeah. It's a new character. And with a new character comes new possibilities. You can build it out from this new character. You can, you can do things with it. But um, Ryan Johnson, the prankster, just was not having it. So, yeah. So the Emperor is the big bad, and he's kind of puppeting um, Adam Driver. Yeah. Kylo Ren in this. Yep. He's under the sway of, uh, of the Emperor. And so um, the first hour of this is like it, they're after this Sith Wayfinder. Yeah. There's only two in existence. Which leads to the Emperor. Yep. Adam Driver's got one. He's, yeah. That's the opening scene. He gets one. And then, yeah, it's kind of like a hop along the galaxy to get the MacGuffin sort of deal. <laughs> find, find, the, find the doodad and open up the, the, the what's it. And Bob, you know, Bob's your uncle. There was like, they had to go to like two or three different places to find the doodad. Of course. To go to the what's it. And each place, you, you get your own set piece. There's a lot of action here. Yeah. The first hour is just like a frenzied blur of locations and people and vague motivations it's like i would have to watch it like two or three more times to tell you exactly what the hell is going on they did bring back a couple of the old characters that's right you got lando for one lando calrissian billy d williams is here looking good in good form i'm not sure what purpose his character serves i mean it's you know we talk about fan service and that was a big complaint against the force awakens it's nothing but fan service it's just a loose remake of a new hope I mean, we're talking about a series that's 40 years old. I mean, we're almost a dozen movies deep. Fan service is unavoidable, and there's a good way of doing it. And there's a, there's a lazy way of doing it. But a, a, I figure good fan service provides connective tissue amongst the different entries, right? Like you have like person from number three who pops up in number nine. Yeah. And that provides that connective tissue. Marvel does this really good. There's good fan service and bad fan service. But yeah, that was a big criticism against The Force Awakens, and I think that's really what The Last Jedi was trying to address. No more fan service. <laughs> Taking it off the board. But again, it's with the series running this long, and it goes this far back, fan service is unavoidable. Yeah. This whole trilogy, it feels like a tug of war. It starts out with a lot of nostalgia and fan service, and then you get a movie that says, screw all that. 
And then we have this movie, which kind of goes back to nostalgia and yeah. fan service the best that it can. So, and, and you know, for me, like this movie, actually, I, I felt pretty good about it. Like I felt that it was a good Star Wars movie that it wrapped up a lot of, you know, the questions that you have. We well, find out who um, <laughs> Ray is. It retcons a lot of decisions made in, in The Last Jedi. It does, yeah. That's what I'm saying. This trilogy feels like a tug of war between movies. And so, yeah, you do get a lot of just doubling back on yep. questionable choices that The Last Jedi made. Yeah, I mean, that, a lot of that is in spoilers. But overall, you liked it. I did, yeah. It's a fast-moving adventure, for I sure. I, I, I had a good time. I enjoyed the climax. I think, you know, at a certain point, there's a, a lightsaber fight between Kylo Ren yep. and Rey, and it's pretty awesome. And from that point on, the movie's pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I thought the movie delivers a pretty good climax. If you can get over the fact that the Emperor is here for some stupid reason. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into spoilers for yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. Sounds good. All right, we're back. And we're going to get into spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, there's a lot to get into here. I don't even know where to start. But the, I guess the most one of the most satisfying spoilers is that there's, there's a romance going on between Rey and Kylo Ren. Yeah. I guess the seeds of that were developed in The Last Jedi. I mean, that's one of the few good subversive strokes going on that's an idea of like good subversion yeah. that's good subversion i i, I like that angle and like they were both trying to bring each other to their side that's and it was like the give uh, you know the ebb and flow good versus evil but there's a little added you know hiccup in there when there's you know love and physical feeling. attraction yeah the one smart subversion that the last jedi started it kind of started the seeds there this movie pays it off and again, like subverting, you know, it's taking Kylo Ren off as like an antagonist threat, but it's replacing it with him as a possible love interest. Yeah. That's good subversion. You're not just taking it off the board. You're replacing it yeah. with something more interesting. Well, I think I told you like with Kylo Ren, I felt like he was the anti-hero. Sure. Because he ends up being a hero at the end and he, he goes to the good side. Well, and him, you know, being redeemed, you know, finding redemption through yeah. his dad, Han Solo. Han Solo makes an appearance. It's a little cameo. Yep. That's, ghost. That's, that's great. Yeah. He kind of force ghosts his way into the movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's that's good. That's satisfying. Yeah. That, that totally works. And I do like that, you know, that he does redeem himself. I mean, that he's he's been trying to be so angry, but yet there's still some good that's pulling him back to the light. And I think, you know, he just realizes that it's easier not to fight the light and to fight the dark. And it, it, having, again, having Harrison Ford come in and be the character who kind of ushers in that change, J.J. Abrams understands that, like, the real emotional power from these new movies, it's going to be coming from the original characters. They're bringing that emotional yeah. weight, that extra emotional baggage uh, we just we, we have a connection to them yeah. as viewers, and it's it's important. You don't want to kill them off in a hurry. So yeah, I mean that's again that that's pretty good fan service. That, that's an example of pretty good fan service. And we do get a Force Ghost cameo from Mark Hamill, who delivers my favorite line in the film: "I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong." <laughs> Best line in the movie. Well, yeah, so I guess, you know, he, he thought that the Jedi ways were lost and that were wrong and that, For you reasons. know, all of that. But then, you know, I reasons. think he realizes that, 
you know, failure is a stepping stone. And yeah. and that it's not a bad thing to fail. Yeah, it's everyone fails. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that was one of the themes. That's, that's a good... That was one of the themes of The Last Jedi. That's one of the things that people kind of praised it for, is that failure is a good teacher. Yeah. that's. I mean, that came from The Last Jedi. And so, yeah, he's in here. And at that point, like, Ray, you know, she, she's pulling a Luke Skywalker. She's going to that island, Octu, yep. to just die. Well, <laughs> she finds... She finds Milk Luke, and alien. Well, she goes back to the island. Yeah. And where I think that's where, well, that's where Luke came to, to visit her because she's trying to, you know, connect with the ancestors. And she brought up Luke Skywalker's ship from the island. Correct. And yeah. so she had the Wayfinder with her. And that ship was actually a beacon back to the mainland and to all the, all the allies. And so they knew where she was and knew where she was going. So they didn't need all those wayfinders to it's, find the, the hidden Sith land. It's pointing them to Exegol. Yeah. The planet Exegol. That, that's where the emperor is. Yep. That's where the climax takes place. Yeah. There's a pretty cool moment where I think Billy G. Williams, he kind of gets like a whole fleet of ships to kind of come in and help. Yep. He's leading them in. And all these ships are kind of flying around, attacking the base. And then the Emperor uses, uh, I guess, like like force lightning to like electrocute them all. And yeah. they all just come like falling down. Yeah. And it's a pretty spectacular image. And the movie is filled with good action, good imagery. It's a well-crafted adventure, for sure. Well, I mean, we didn't go into it. So once they find the Sith land, because everything really happens at, what was it, Exodor? Exegol. Exegol. I was close. Sure. <laughs> so the, the, the stuff really starts happening when everybody gets to Exegol. And so obviously we find out that Ray is the granddaughter of Palpatine. And so she's got his powers. That's, yeah, that's one of the things that gets retconned. Yep. Because Last Jedi, she's no one. She's just the daughter of like junkers. And in this one, what he really meant by that was that her parents were descendants of the emperor, but wanted nothing to do with that. Yeah. That's that's what he really meant by that. Yeah. And was trying to sell <laughs> sell her off sure. to get to a good home and, you know, an, an anonymous home or whatever. I appreciate that retcon. I mean, she needs some kind of backstory. I don't, I don't understand, like, just robbing her of a backstory and, like... Yeah, there. I fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. She's really the only one that can really defeat yeah. Palpatine. She gets into the Sith lair because she is part Sith. She's trying to kill Palpatine. She reflects one Luke. of his one of his lightning force attacks, and that ends up killing him. Yes, is is yes. what happens, and he has a, like a cool death. It's a cool visual effect. The good guys win. Hallelujah. <laughs> There was in the Last Jedi a little relationship happening between Finn and what was the, Rose Tico and Rose and Rose is barely in this movie. Well, that's JJ acknowledging that she's a useless character. What is she good for other than like I'm here in the background looking at some plans? Yeah. <laughs> what is she good for? She's not, she serves no purpose. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> but then I guess this movie was weird for me because. It seemed like Finn really was crushing on Ray. At least in the first one, it seemed like there was the possibility of that. And then in Lost Jedi, 
subverted he, it. He went to Rose. Sure, you, you're subverting expectations. But uh, in this movie, there was always like Finn always had something that he wanted to tell Ray and never got around to telling it. And still, we don't know. So I don't know if that's, you know. Well, there's another Star Wars movie dated for 2022. So maybe that question will be answered then. But I thought this is the end of the Skywalker saga. Oh, it it technically guess, is. And I guess that's, you know, the rise of Skywalker. Let's get into why the, the movie's called this. Sure. Is Why um, is it called this? <laughs> Ray took the name Skywalker. At the very end. At the very end. Yeah. She took the name because she felt like Princess Leia was her mother. Yeah. And took the name Skywalker. And that's the rise of Skywalker. But I also feel like when Ben, Kylo Ren, went to the light, that was a rise of a Skywalker, too. It could go to both of them. Yeah. Both of them are rising as Skywalkers. Yeah. And that's, yeah, the movie ends on a pretty good emotional crescendo. Yeah. Again, by linking it to the past, that's how you get there. But uh, JJ does a, a good job with the, the climax uh, of this film. It did. I, I didn't feel like there was really anything that I was ever wanting or had any more questions about. I felt like, you know, this was... Thank God it's over. ...a good ending <laughs> to the saga. So you were satisfied? I was satisfied. I would I would say it's a good date night movie. What would you think? I, I think it's a decent date night movie. I mean, you and your date know whether or not you're going to watch Star Wars That's together. That's true. But I'll go beyond that. It's a good blind date movie. Like, if you're going on a blind date, it's like, eh, let's watch the latest Star Wars... It's it's entertaining. It'll pass the time. Would you would you say that and if you didn't watch, you know, the first, you know, if you didn't watch any Star Wars movies with this movie, you'll be lost okay. completely. But again, because it's JJ, JJ is a good craftsman. We've talked about this. JJ is a really good craftsman and yeah. he can put together a fast-moving, good-looking, reasonably exciting picture. No matter what he's doing, it's going to look good. It's going to move pretty fast. He's just, he's not super innovative. He's not super original. Those aren't really his strengths. He's a craftsman and he's good with casting. He has a lot of strengths that I think have suited him pretty well for, for this series. I mean, I wish George Lucas stayed on as like an exec producer. Yeah. I don't know why he was just kind of kicked to the curb. <laughs> Well, maybe because when he when he released his DVDs or whatever, that he, he added some horrible CG characters, and he won't release the the older ones. Well, what does that have to do with the the new movies? Because they didn't like his creative input. George blew it with the prequels. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I think like yeah, the, the the thinking at Disney was like we can definitely do better than the prequels. The irony. Is that, you know, when you hand the middle installment over to a little prankster, <laughs> it, it ends up breaking the continuity yeah. and and breaking what was meant to be certain payoffs uh, just did not happen because you got the prankster loose in the factory. So <laughs> it's very important that there's some kind of consistent creative element. If you're doing a series of connected films yeah. that lead directly into another and, Absolutely. And I think Harry Potter actually did a, a pretty decent job totally. of keeping, adapting the books, well, but keeping change, it consistent. Changing, you know, at the beginning, I mean, when they're younger, it's more of a lighter feel. And then once he gets older, it becomes darker. And you needed yeah. another director to really portray that darkness that was coming into Harry Potter. And 
I felt like they did a good job with keeping with the story. With Harry Potter? Yeah. Absolutely. They, yeah. they absolutely, I mean, they followed the books is what they did. And I mean, the best example I can think of is Marvel. Each Marvel movie has a different writer, a different director, but there's a consistency. For better or worse, there's a consistency across yeah. the whole Marvel universe. And you can feel that Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger, they really want to turn Star Wars into Marvel. They want to Marvelize the Star Wars universe. And I don't, you need the characters first and foremost. Yeah. And the only compelling characters you have is that, that original trio, Luke, well, Leia, and Han. But, but Beyond only, that, you're creating new characters. But Harrison Ford put it in his con or like he did not want to be. That's what I'm saying. These uh, characters in, are in done. The trilogy, like he wanted to be killed off. Like that's what he wanted. He did not want to come back. That's what I'm saying. These I'm characters. Surprised he came back in this one. I mean, even though it's probably a good day of shooting. Sure. You know, and he gets you know five hundred thousand dollars for it. Good on good on JJ for reaching Convincing out. him for reaching to, out. to coming like a, back. As, I don't have. Form. He's like I don't have Luke for my Skywalker for yeah. now. I gotta, I gotta bounce it out with something. And then what happened to Joe? I mean, you know, you have all these like original characters. Like, what about where's the big blob? Bo- uh, Job of the Job of the Hut. the Boba Fett? Boba Fett. Yeah, these are from the original. Yeah, but trilogy. where? I mean, do they just disappear? Do they not like come back? Like, I mean, I mean, you got join. You got the... Chewie and C three PO. I mean, they're they're carrying over some characters. Yeah. <laughs> I, they did add a cute little machine character, a little vacuum thingy. What's it called? B- Babu Frick was that it? No, that was the one. That was the little guy who. I like that little guy. Great Funko Pop. Uh, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's one thing. Like George Lucas uh, was definitely into like the merchandising angle. Yeah, like he would create characters that you know are going to make cute little action figures for your kids. Yeah. He, I mean, that's what Star Wars became at a certain point, just an extension of, of the merchandising empire. That's really where George Lucas built his I mean, fortune. George Lucas is a billionaire off of this series. He sold it to Disney for what? Four Mainly, million? Four billion? Four billion. Oh, yeah. No, he's very rich. But again, I'm saying the, like, the vast majority of his income comes from his merchandising deals. Yeah. Through the Star Wars merch, he gets, I mean, he gets a little something from every piece of Star Wars merch. He is... Wow. He's a, he's a, he's a rich-ass man. That's why Michael Bay get, got a little something on Transformers. He wanted the George Lucas deal. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you're going to sell out, do it well. <laughs> like, be be smart about it, I guess. Yeah, I'll say this movie, it, it meets the bare minimum requirement for me of a Star Wars movie. I can enjoy a Star Wars movie as just mindless... Entertainment, mindless escapism well, with yeah, some good eye I mean, candy. I could, I can't enjoy Last Jedi on that level because Last Jedi is trolling me while I watch it, so I can't, can't just enjoy it as escapism. Even a bad Star Wars movie, with the exception of Last Jedi, I can enjoy for just mindless escapism. Yeah, that's always been kind of the the base level appeal for me. It's an escape. It, it's it's similar to Marvel. These dogs are getting our, antsy. Our dogs are dogs want us to wrap it up. Do we have any? Do we have any final thoughts on this movie or the Star Wars saga? In How general? would you rate this movie? Oh yeah, we didn't give our grades. I would give it a, a C, but it, it's just because I view this as a broken story. Yeah, it's a story that's been broken right in the middle, and JJ is 
he's throwing everything he can at the wall to give it a rousing finish. And I think I enjoyed this as much as I could have. You know me. I wasn't look, really looking forward to this movie. No, you were not. Anytime I was someone, looking forward to it. Yeah. Anytime someone mentioned Star Wars, I'm just like, you F it. I know. F it all. <laughs> okay, audience. Every time somebody mentions Star Wars and The Last Jedi to... To Patrick I've, Russell, he goes on a 15-minute tirade. Like I did on this episode. Yes. I've I've muted on Twitter. You can mute phrases. I've muted Star Wars. I've muted The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker. I don't need it in my feed. I don't want any hot takes on why The Last Jedi is a masterpiece. Keep it. You're not going to sell me on it. I want to move on yes. from, from Star Wars. Me too. And I just, I hope, um, you know, stuff like, you got stuff like The Mandalorian. We watched the first episode. It seems fine. That's that's what Star Wars should be. Just exploring different areas of the universe. Yeah. Get away from Skywalker because we don't know what we're doing with that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, explore different areas with new characters. Try and create compelling new characters. That's your best bet at keeping this thing going. I would give this movie a B. I liked it, but it you, you were enjoying it in the I theater was, for I sure. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's not an A because it's not like a masterpiece. Like you said, it's just a, a way to escape. It's there's yeah, there's nothing to it. I feel like the trilogy that JJ was setting up would have been pretty solid. Yeah, between this movie and the Force Awakens, I can see the story he was trying to tell. He got thwarted midway, but it feels like part two should have climaxed with like a lightsaber fight between Luke and Snoke. Oh, and Snoke. Oh, that would have been good. Sure would have. And then you can end it on some kind of cliffhanger. Is it repeating a lot of the same rhythms of the previous trilogy? Sure. But that's what works. Well, you can also build in a thematic arc of how the past is repeating itself. If yeah. you if you want to get savvy, you can you can weave that in. And I'm I'm all for it. Just don't just don't disgrace the old characters, the classic characters. Just don't disgrace them. Okay, I think we're done. I gotta st- <laughs> so we're we're gonna stop it right yeah, there. Yeah, we're wrapping it. <laughs> we got through it. That Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, directed by J.J. Abrams. You can find more episodes at Anchor.fm/slash Movie Date Night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at Date Night Movie Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. Bye.